1: and I hope they'll be useful for you.
2: Anna says, hi, I'm 38 years old, a single woman trying to get pregnant with a sperm donor. I did two IUIs last year and now have done three full rounds of IVF, which all failed after transfer. I'm about to start a new round now. I don't have any big egg reserve, but do manage to get one to three eggs with each egg collection and get one to two embryos each time. I don't have any underlying issues with fertility, my current specialist says it is coming down to the quality of the embryo. Is there any way to improve the quality of your embryos? That's a sad story. Oh, sorry, how old was she? 38. The odds of a pregnancy in a
1: 38-year-old should be around 30 to 35% in any good clinic. I mean, obviously, I can't comment specifically about your example, but that would be my commentary. But And so in three embryo transfers, you should have a 60-odd percent chance of being pregnant. Can we improve the chances? Certainly, what I would be doing is using some of the adjuvants that you know, may or may not work. I don't, I don't think the evidence is there to support them hugely, but I'd use be using a, a mild androgen, DHEA, I'd probably be using CoQ 10 before my next embryo transfer uh, a collection and embryo transfer. I mean, I, I'd be keen to look at your cycles in more detail so if you want to you know I don't know where you are but you know if you wanted to come and talk to me uh, either directly or by zoom I'm happy to have that consultation have a good look at what's happened so far so you know feel free to make contact and, and we can you know I'm happy to talk to you more.
2: So the number to do that is 1-800-111-483 or you can email Prof directly on michael.chapman at ivf.com.au
1: okay and oh. my secretary will my secretary will get in contact with you uh, to make a time. I mean, it would be good to see the actual cycle results. So it's important, you know, if you can get hold of that data and uh, email that to me and then we can talk about what's happened and I can look at what might happen in the future. But
2: yeah, at 38, I wouldn't lose hope. Catherine says, thank you, Prof Chapman. I was having a look at your IVF success website. It appears the eastern suburbs IVF Australia has better success rates than the other Sydney IVF Australia centres. Why is this? Are the labs between IVF Australia labs different? Thank you. It's pretty
1: marginal. I mean, I, I agree, and you know, I, you know, I'm sort of proud of the fact that my clinics uh, are doing well. But you know, you're talking about two or three percentage points, and really, maybe it's more related to the patients that we treat. The data, uh, where you also have to realise, the data is now two to three years old. And I can tell you from our more recent data if you look on our websites um, I think we're all pretty much the same but a good three or four percentage points higher than what the data was uh, three years ago because we've made significant changes in our laboratories and uh, we now use the time lapse all the time uh, we've using different culture medium so that you know there are significant changes I think the my success rates it's an interesting tool for patients to look at but it's not the whole story and ultimately, it's uh, about you and what's causing your infertility. Uh, and obviously, age is a, is, a, is a significant part of that.
2: What do you think about complementary medicines such as massage, acupuncture and relaxation? Honestly, they
1: make no difference. In my scientific mind, there is no benefit. The papers, there is no papers that support any of them as being a benefit. However, IVF and going through fertility or the the fertility journey is painful and stressful to the mind and the body. And so anything that can help that, I certainly support. And therefore, all of those therapies have some role in that regard. Whether it changes pregnancy rates, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not convinced, sorry. It's not a matter of, I'm not even not sure. I'm not convinced. And therefore, I certainly don't prescribe it for every patient. If I thought it made a difference, I'd give it to everybody. But if people want to do it, I don't discourage them. So far, all the science of all the various things in the world that are claimed on the on Dr. Google, there is no value in any of them in terms of improving the basic background uh, statistics. The major things are egg quality, and the major thing of determinative of egg quality is age. And you can play all sorts of regimes, do all sorts of therapies, but it doesn't change the background pregnancy rates. In acupuncture, for instance, we did the biggest study in the world in New South Wales and Victoria uh, some two years ago, three years ago. 800 patients in each arm. We showed no difference in the value of acupuncture. You can spend money doing it and it can relax you. There's no question of that. I accept that. But in terms of overall success, To have a baby, it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever.
2: Donna's just shared a beautiful message, Prof. She says, so grateful for IVF. Thank you so much for the work you do to help make families. I'm eternally thankful to specialists such as yourself. I hope that means she got pregnant.
1: (laughs) But that's not the end point. I personally, you know, my life has been helping couples work through infertility and I know that 30 or 40 percent of them at the end of the day will not end up with a baby to me success is not necessarily the baby success is going away satisfied you've done everything possible to try and get there it's sad in many many cases but as long as people go away comfortable that we've done everything possible to me that's success
2: I think that's a wonderful definition, Prof, of success. And I just want to say to the people watching that I actually am, my wife and I are Prof's patients, and I am deeply grateful for how much he's helped us as well. And I just want to echo Donna's words. I think um, I'm very grateful to you and for people like yourself who who do what you do. So thank you. Anna says, does your weight play a big part in fertility? A small part. I
1: mean, certainly... the epidemiological evidence says that if your bmi is more than 35 in other words you've got to be 100 kilos or more unless you're very very short (laughs) there is a reduction but it's you know it's 10 or 15 percent. it's not you don't get pregnant it does make a small difference that's for sure and certainly you know in those in women who sadly are that sort of 115 120 kilos reducing weight seems to improve the pregnancy rates. So, yeah, weight does play a role, but, you know, if you're 85 kilos, it probably doesn't make any difference. Even 90 kilos, maybe not. When you get over the 100 kilos, it possibly does. And there's some evidence in, certainly in in animal studies, like fat mice don't don't reproduce as well uh, as, as thin mice, mice. But in the human, you know, Large women still get pregnant. I see that in my obstetric clinics. You know, there are, we see lots and lots of women now with high BMIs who are carrying babies with their own obstetric problems. Subsequently, I'm afraid they're not. You know, the outcomes are not good if you're very overweight.
2: And Prof, out of interest, do you also see when the weight is reduced? Do you see that 10 or 15% increase in? Fertility rates in those situations?
1: We certainly see it. There's no question of that. And certainly the data, the scientific data supports that, you know, as little as five kilo loss can make a difference to the hormonal environment and, and help getting spontaneous pregnancies as well as IVF.
2: Maria says, what are your thoughts for the use of Saizen in IVF for over 40-year-olds? A waste, a waste of bloody time. And <laughs> uh, I really
1: am not convinced by any of the evidence that it's helpful. It's expensive. And I don't believe, I certainly virtually never use it.
2: Okay, Prof, if necessary, do you have access to donor eggs, embryos, and sperm programs?
1: Yes, so uh, we have a good uh, donor sperm program. Donor eggs in Australia are very difficult, but we've just joined with the World Egg Bank and we'll be bringing eggs to Australia. There's a significant cost associated with it, but then so is there a significant cost in going overseas, if you could... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> During COVID, I mean, I used to send patients to South Africa, Spain, and and Hawaii for donor eggs. But you know, we are setting up a system to bring them here. But it is expensive.
2: One very common question that keeps coming up, I've noticed, which you've talked about a lot in your podcast, is gender selection. Um, do you want to talk to we us? We can't do about it
1: in Australia. No, no. We can, uh, we are obliged in Australia ethically unable to uh, help with gender selection. Personally, I think gender balancing, i.e. you've got a couple of children that are one sex and you want to have one of the other sex, I think you know our technology is here, we should be doing it. But you know, people don't listen to me. Ethics committees are... Well, at the moment, the most recent review, which is now two years old, was ambivalent. Committee was split in terms of whether we should or we shouldn't. So I think as society moves forward, as they do in many ethical issues... There will be a time probably five to ten years from now where gender, gender balancing will be feasible. Gender selection for the first child I think will never become legal in Australia, but I think gender balancing may well come along. Otherwise, you now these days you've got to go overseas, which obviously with COVID,
0: You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1 800 483 or by emailing him Michael.chapman at IVF.com.au